On Thursday, the Senate Public Health and Welfare Committee held a hearing on Senate Bill 501, a measure that would restrict access to an array of public assistance programs. Uh, Our editor-in-chief, Sherman Smith, wrote a story about the hearing. I'm opinion editor Clay Wirestone here with this week's Kansas Reflector podcast. Here to delve a little bit more into Senate Bill 501, uh, what its uh, challenges are and how it might affect Kansans. And joining me to talk about that today is Haley Kotler, who's Kansas Appleseed's anti-hunger campaign director. Um, Hello, Haley. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Clay. Thanks for having me. So let's just start at the beginning. Um, we were talking right before the podcast. SB 501 is a is a really big bill, but can you give me a little bit of an understanding of some of the things it does? Absolutely. Um, today, I'll just talk a little bit about um, the barriers it puts up as far as SNAP food assistance. It also does a lot to Medicaid, but I'm not an expert in that, so I'm maybe not the best person. Um, just kind of going through this one, um, it per, per, It prohibits the uh, secretary for DCF, Department of Children and Families, from using the state's option to provide exemption from work requirements around SNAP. Um, Additionally, it requires able-bodied adults without dependents. You may uh, know that also as ABODs um, from receiving food assistance to participate. ABODs would have to participate in an employment and training program. Um, Currently, they can opt in and utilize an employment training program, but this bill would um, make all ABODs have to to do that programming. Uh, Additionally, it changes the reporting the reporting of changes for uh, folks who are on food assistance benefits to be reported within 10 days of the date uh, the change become known to the household. And so um, in the past, it has been, you have until I think the 10th, the 10th or 11th of the next month. So this would re- reduce that to 10 days that you have to um, allow, you have to let DCF know if there are any changes in your household. Uh, we see this as a large barrier because um, when things are going on in the household, whether it's um, a death, whether someone's moving out, um, whatever that might look like, families are overwhelmed, right? I know that I would be overwhelmed. And so when you're also facing food insecurity, um, hectic things going on in your household, only having 10 days to report any changes to the state is, is just another undue barrier. Um, I have a, a lot of other bullet points, but I want to specifically um, hone in on those today because they are uh, very large barriers for people who utilize food assistance programs in Kansas. So, yeah. So let's, let's talk a little bit, uh, a bit more about this. Like who are the people who are really going to, in your, in your view, in Appleseed's view, who are, who's going to feel the real impact of a law like this? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the people that are going to be most impacted by this type of legislation are poor Kansans. Uh, we know that one in eight Kansans are food insecure right now. It's one in six Kansas kids are food insecure. And so something like this, a bill like this, would just put up more barriers for them to be able to put food on the table for themselves and their families. Um, talk a little bit ab- about the hearing itself. There was a... a 
big difference uh, in terms of people who were uh, supporting the bill and people who were opposing it? Absolutely. Um, well, the hearing was uh, this morning, 8.30 a.m. in Topeka. It was a snowy Thursday morning. Um, but we overwhelmingly, the room was full of opponents to this bill. There were two proponents on uh, SB 501. One is an out-of-state organization that um, really their only ties to Kansas are, are their paid lobbyists. And so um, it was a stark difference between the proponents of this bill to the, I think it was 40 opponents to this bill who were concerned Kansans, advocacy organizations. Um, I think the hospital association and others were there as well. So, so it, it was, uh, it was a different, it was definitely a stark difference. And I also want to say for the opponents, it was not just one message coming to the table on why this is bad, right? They weren't just saying this is going to harm poor Kansans. There were there was such a nuanced approach on multiple multiple le multiple levels of of folks coming together and saying we cannot do this. This is not good for Kansans. In terms of the people who were supporting this bill, like what are the stated goals and objectives of the measure and you know, how does it seem to make sense for them or not? Yeah, I think um, what I heard from proponents of this bill was, um, you know, Kansans need to go back to work and um, public assistance and, and like SNAP food assistance should be for the truly needy. And, and there was an emphasis on the truly needy. And, and what I want to say to that is, one in, one in eight Kansans are truly needy. Uh, we, we are just, hopefully we're getting out of a pandemic, we're digging out of it, but you know, you see the rising gas prices. You, I'm seeing inflation at the grocery store. I don't know about you, Clay, but down here in Wichita, um, grocery prices are just uh, very high. And so there are all these compounding factors. And so I, I guess my question is, you know, who, when we talk about truly needy, how how do you how do you um, sorry what am I trying to say? How do you make a difference between poor people on who is truly needy and who is not truly needy? Um, you know, I was just in um, was down in Winfield to to visit a good friend of mine. She um, utilizes some uh, she she's on food assistance. And uh, her daughter was just in the hospital with um, a, a severe infection. And we talked a lot about um, just what it's like to be poor right now and what her daughter's hospital stay compounded on everything else that she, is going on in her life, right? It, it threw a crisis into the middle of, of a family that's already struggling. And uh, we got to the topic of of what was going on with my job. And we were talking about, you know, legislation like this. And I casually mentioned, you know, oh, they're trying to put more barriers around food assistance. And my friend was in tears after I, after I told this to her, this is my job, you know, so I just am casual about legislation and what's happening. And in that moment, I knew how critical it is that we put together legislation that actually will help pay families. And this will not. I knew that in that moment because she's in tears telling me, how am I supposed to comply with even more requirements? I, I, I have a lot going on. So, well, and I mean, Haley, you point out the, 
you know, an incredibly important point here, which is that when folks are in the, you know, uh, applying for or receiving various kinds of aid from the state, they're often doing that because they're in crisis or because they're facing really challenging times. So a bill like this to add, you know, restrictions of, of this kind, it compounds the crisis. Right. I mean, absolutely. And, you know, there was a lot of emphasis today on um, able-bodied adults without dependents, right? And I think um, some folks, when you say ABOD or when you talk about able-bodied adults without dependents, you have this um, view of someone who is, you just, some folks have an idea in their head and I want to say, yes, you know, the, the reality is, is that folks want to work and sometimes there are setbacks. You know, I know um, my, my colleague Karen at Harvester's was talking today about someone who may be a waitress and may have broken her arm or leg and she just can't work for two months. Right. But she can go back to work after that. And so why would she need to have an employment and training program when it's already there? She may just be going through a hard time and need to get back on our feet. And that's really what SNAP is. SNAP food assistance is the supplemental nutrition assistance program. It helps folks supplement their grocery bills. It helps folks get back on their feet. It helps them just that little extra amount to put food on the tables for themselves and their families. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, Haley, when you were uh, on the podcast last, uh, I was also there and uh, so was uh, your colleague, Caleb. And we were talking about a report that Appleseed had just put out about uh, hunger in Southeast Kansas. Um, a, a region that has tremendous, tremendous needs in, uh, in terms of food security. And I wonder now, you know, with kind of looking back at that and looking back at the kind of the lessons from that report and now uh, this new proposal in the legislature, you know, what's your take on that? How, how do you, you look at those two things together? Yeah, um, you know, I think the, the message is still the same, and that's what we're hearing from Kansans. I'll just uh, shamelessly put a plug. Um, we've been meeting with Kansans um, through regional team meetings. We call them hunger action teams. And this is so we have a Southeast Kansas hunger action team, and we meet with them once a month and talk about barriers to food access and things like that. And I'll say, you know, the need is still here. We talked a couple months ago, you know, Clay, and we had some recommendations in the in our um, Southeast Kansas Hunger Report. Nothing really changes from that. We know that we still need to increase food access. We need to put more food on the table and we need to ensure that all Kansans have what they need to thrive. Um, and unfortunately, SB 501 would do the opposite of that. And um you know, our folks, uh, folks that we know in Southeast Kansas, I know my colleagues, Caleb and Paige are, are down there. Um, this is the opposite of what they need. They need, they need help. They don't need um, to be bogged down with, with more barriers. And, you know, imagine just kind of building on, on what you were saying, imagine that uh, Appleseed was, um, you know, uh, had had the ability to you know write and pass some legislation. Uh, what would be kind of the biggest uh, single things that you guys might look at or tackle in terms of in terms of making people making sure folks had food? Uh, 
in ter- in terms of dealing with hunger in Kansas? I mean, what were the th- what would be the things you would tackle first? Absolutely. <laughs> well, that would be uh, my dream for sure if, if we could do that. But um, there were actually two bills this year that we were um, supporting very heavily. One was House Bill 2215, which would end the drug felony ban on SNAP. Currently, um, anyone with more than one drug felony in Kansas uh, is banned for life from SNAP food assistance. This is no other felonies except drug felonies. And so we saw that as uh, we see that as something that needs to go. We were championing championing, um, that bill very heavily. It passed out of committee and had bipartisan support um, on the committee. And we were sad to see with turnaround that it it was not above the line. Um, So that is one thing. And then the other was um, House Bill 2525, which among other other things would end the child support cooperation for SNAP, sorry, child support cooperation requirement for SNAP food assistance. Um, And that actually, unfortunately, um, failed on the floor um, a couple weeks ago. So we were really uh, disappointed to see that as well. There were um, legislators who uh, just weren't understanding of what the trials and tribulations Kansas are going through right now. And so, you know, we will continue this fight. It's not, it's not over and it doesn't end with this legislative session. Um, but besides those two things, anything that we can do to put more food on the table for Kansans is what we need to do. Absolutely. Um, and so Haley, uh, just kind of thinking about the experience today, uh, looking forward to where the bill might go or might not go. Um, kind of any other thoughts, any other closing thoughts about, you know, just this access, the kind of these continued efforts to limit access to to programs that would really just make poor Kansans' lives better? Absolutely. And I do uh, kind of want to shout out our um our committee hearing today. It was uh, obviously chaotic with snow happening and people um, going on WebEx that were supposed to come in, legislators being absent, but um, the committee members showed grace to everyone. And I know that um, proponents and opponents also showed grace to those in the room. And so it was was a good committee hearing. Um, I also just want to say, um, you know, if if listeners want to um, continue to stay involved, they can um, be updated with us, Kansas Appleseed. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Also, other organizations who've been in this fight are Harvesters Food Bank and um, Kansas Action for Children, among many, many others who, who are working on this. And so I guess I just want to also say... Um, I owe gratitude to some of those partners as well who have really been um, carrying carrying this all session. And um, we'll, I guess we'll see how it plays out. Haley Kotler, Anti-Hunger Campaign Director for Kansas Appleseed. Thank you so much for uh, joining us on the podcast. Thank you, Clay.